All right, folks, you know what time it is. Welcome to another episode with your two favorite Nigerians, Osa here. And this episode, first episode in February, no, second episode in February, but it is, uh, we, we touch on a few things, but most notably, we do talk about some black history because it is Black History Month. Who, who would we be not to, right? We cover the Super Bowl. For once, Abe and I both got our picks wrong we don't when we're making picks for any sporting event any yeah any sporting event normally one of us is right for once both of us were wrong hear how we respond to that and also of course we give an update on our beloved friend and uh member in the ssaw network pod podcast universe lacite as well so lend us your ears Excited for you to dive in with us for another episode of the Osa and Abe Show. are back in town it is your favorite boys repping that green white and green yes i am the osa and osa and abe here with my boy abe abe what's going on man how you living yo 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 what's goody what's goody what's goody um you know how it is i'm good it's a blessed saturday you know special drop on on sunday valentine's day shout out to to all the couples out there shout out to the ladies shout out to the men you know this is y'all day. This is y'all time. Shout out to you, Osan. Shout out to you. Hey, time out. Why did you? Why did you? You drop your voice real low, and hit him with the the late night DJ voice. You know, as, as if you were about to make the the call at the Yo, skating rink for all the I couples don't... to come out for the couple <laughs> skate. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Okay. At all. okay. I'm okay. Gonna say. But I mean, the val- Valentine's Day drop, that's cool, you know, because we, we do believe in a thing called love over here at the Osen Abe Show. Thank you for the shout out as well. You know, I'm a, a married man. This will be me and my wife's uh, ooh, ninth Valentine's Day together. If oh, you go back to when you. we were dating. Yeah, yeah. Fun story about our first Valentine's Day. We, um, I think we had. We'd only been talking for like two months, but you know, I, I wanted to, to to do a little something special. So had a friend help me out, do some real creative with some, uh, cause my wife was really into makeup. So this friend of mine went and bought like this box and decorated it to look like a Mac uh, palette. And I filled it with her favorite candies. I surprised her up at her, at her job with it. She's like, oh my goodness. So that was the day before Valentine's Day. On actual Valentine's Day, though, I had concocted this grand plan that if if it came through, this was going to go down in, like, Valentine's Day lore and legend. So I'm a Lakers fan. She's a Clippers fan. I don't know what's wrong with her, but, yeah, she's always been a Clippers fan. So, so, so I had a buddy who was a Clippers fan and had season tickets. At least that's what he claimed. So when he found out I was talking to a girl who was a Clippers fan, it just so happened that year, this is 2013, that the Lakers and Clippers were playing on, yep, you guessed it, Valentine's Day. So he was like, hey, man, um, 
you know, I'm not going to the game, so you could just use my tickets. And because he's a disabled person, he, you know, had some special access. So he was like, yeah, you'll be able to, you know, be right there as the players walk out through the locker room. It's going to be great, bro. I got you. I was like, cool. He said, I'll have the tickets to you like that Tuesday or whatever, or Monday. I'm sorry. I'm like, all right, cool. Game's a Thursday. You have me the tickets by Monday. Let's get it popping. So, but in the back of my mind, something just didn't sit right about his claim. So I had said this. I told my best friend at the time, I said, hey, bro, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell, you know, Renee that we're going to go to uh, the three of us because her and I weren't trying to be super like one-on-one just yet. I said, the three of us, I'm going to tell the three of us are going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the game team on Valentine's Day. Here's what's going to happen, though. When these tickets come through, though. I'm going to drive her like we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings, but it's really on the way to Staples Center. So you'll know what's up. All right, cool, cool, cool. Monday comes by, no tickets. Tuesday comes by, no tickets. Wednesday comes by and I get it. I'm texting this dude, blowing this dude up. Finally, it's me back. Oh, hey, my ticket supplier, um, he, he bailed on me when it came to the tickets. Hold up. I thought you said you had season tickets, bro. What you mean your your, your ticket supplier? You telling me that the... The ticket master bailed on you? What was going coming to find out? This dude didn't exactly have season tickets. Like he was buying tickets third party, blah, 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 blah. So me and my wife spent our first Valentine's Day with the third wheel watching the Lakers lose at Buffalo Wild Wings. I was not having it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a journey, y'all. Bro. And here we Yo, are today. Lifetime. We know y'all like making movies. Here's a here's a here's a good uh, Valentine's Day. Wow, uh, this this might be Hallmark. That's like Hallmark level. Okay, this is Hallmark yeah, level. Lifetime is starting to get real shady. I mean, they just had the Wendy Williams film, the whole surviving our kid. Like, oh, they, they're starting they to get that. into that. that they get them. into that yeah. weird space right now. Hallmark is still staying real. I, as much as I dislike Hallmark films, and I can figure out the plot of every single Hallmark film. Well, Hallmark, if you come holler at us, if you want a nice little love story, come come holler at us. Okay, here we are. Yeah, Nine bro. years later with a kid. Hey, Babe, how are you how are you spending Valentine's Day? You got a special lady in your life or are you on that singles awareness day? Um wave. Let's just say I have a Valentine. I do. Um that's that's all I can disclose. I do have my parental figures who like to listen to this. Um so that's all the information I can give. That's that fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but also Bebe. Valentine's Day is uh my late grandmother's birthday, so shout out to her as well. Hey, okay. Okay. Also, sh- shout out since we're talking about Valentine's Day, folks, y'all need to go do do yourselves a favor and look up the the original Saint Valentine, okay? This was a man who believed in marriage in a time where the Roman Empire didn't and was out there. You t- you talking about a movie that maybe could be on Lifetime? This dude was was performing undercover weddings because at the time the Roman Empire believed that young men shouldn't be married because if they were married, they wouldn't go fight in these wars that the empire was carrying out to conquer land. But they believed, hey, you can sow your royal oats with whoever, just as long as you don't tie down with one woman. But St. Valentine believed that marriage was a thing that needed to happen. And so he is performing underground marriages so folks could have families and continue 
to, to build life and legacy. Eventually, he was found out and put to death by the Roman Empire. So take your box of chocolates and remember that the next time you eat into those box of chocolates. I don't like chocolates, by the way. <laughs> Bro, what? Oh, my goodness. Complete 180. Complete 180 from, from what yeah. we do today. Wild, huh? Yeah, just complete 180. That's wild. Okay. All right, bet. Um, but yeah, you know, just looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to the new week. Um, oh, we have good news as a, as a family of SSA Network, SSAW Network. Our uh, co-host, our peer, our um, podcast peer friend, Lacite over at Ringside Mayhem, he is doing well. He's on the road to recovery. We're really appreciative. We praise God yes, for that. We for praise sure. God. Yeah. So um, and fellow you know, Manchester United fan, that's what's up. <laughs> so you know, I, I, he's a he's a fellow Rams fan too. So I. Uh, we can we can split them. We can split them. Dude, he um, split them. He gets love from both sides. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, shoot shoot him a message. Shout out to the Ringside Mayhem crew. Um, you know, just let Rose and Lucite know that you your thoughts are with them. Uh, we appreciate all the work that they do for us, and especially how they helped us grow, especially with Ringside Mayhem, because I know they just recently uh, hit one k. So that's pretty dope for them. That's pretty dope for them. Yeah, shout out to them. They're doing. I, I love what they're doing over there. Um, they they've actually helped me get back into the swing of things when it comes to the WWE. Um, so yeah, I, I love what they're doing. Glad Delicite is doing well. Uh, more than just thoughts and prayers. Great to hear prayers be answered. God bless you, little man. Listen, little also over here sneezing. Um, yeah, so that's it. That that's a beautiful thing to hear. And you. You, my dear friend, mentioned the Rams, which means we have to segue into the great game of football. Super Bowl happened a week ago, and let's just get it out there now, Abe. Very rarely are we wrong in our predictions, Abe, regarding anything. And this is that's no no cap on that at all. I think on every single podcast that that we are on, Abe, most of the time we're pretty spot on with our predictions. Yeah, we were dead uh, or at wrong. least one of us is. Yeah, know? one of us is right. This time, both of us were dead wrong about this Super Bowl. We sat up here and said, we can't see the Chiefs losing, even though we said two weeks ago, we can't bet against Tom Brady. And here we, we are betting we, against we Tom said Brady. That. Several times, and then and then we disrespected him by calling him Noodle Arm Brady. And, you know, that you, it just, I've learned my lesson. I I I knew better, and I decided not to uh, follow instinct, follow my gut. I decided to go against the trend, and um, you know, here we are. Don't don't bet against Brady. And did you see how ex- how how much celebrating he did afterwards? I've never seen oh, him. That. I've goodness. never seen him like that before. Like, never ever. He was like a kid again. He was. You know what? He, it's like he sucked Patrick Mahomes' soul out and just like Mortal Kombat Shang Sun style, just sucked his soul out and just turned into Pat Mahomes in celebration. That's what it was because Pat Mahomes is normally real joyful, real exuberant. I've never seen Tom Brady with that much unbridled happiness and joy in celebration. This man is over at the championship parade throwing the trophy 
Uh, oh my goodness! Oh my just, goodness! Not a care in the world. And then you you know you see the video of him. Tipsy is all good. I mean, he it's as if him and 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 Rob Gronkowski at this point are just frat boys. Uh, the the heads of the fraternity, and they are they they are leading the young guns to do whatever. But let's the get down to he celebrated. Yeah, celebrated. I mean, you would think like this was the most important one to him. Number seven, like number seven. And this is and, not me being a hater. This might have been of Brady seven, the one that I like. I really didn't care about. Like I wasn't really in the game like that, to be honest. And in terms of Super Bowls in my lifetime, this is probably the one to me that just didn't really hold any meaning. This is not because I'm a Tom Brady hater. Like I appreciate greatness, but I don't know. I just wasn't into this Super Bowl, especially after the poor refereeing in the first half. Yeah, the refereeing was actually really atrocious. Um, it it just seemed like Kansas City just needed to breathe and they were going to get hit with a flag. And um, on the one hand, of course, that played a factor. I'm not going to say it was the deciding factor. I will never um, use the refs as an excuse to uh, to say this is a sole factor for a team's win or a loss. But it just, they can never get into a rhythm. And it seemed like everybody offensively, everybody offensively was trying. Um, well, no, the only people trying offensively was Mahomes. Like, do you remember seeing how many times he had to scramble for his life and he's diving and yet he still managed to get to the ball into the end zone and still leave it up to his receivers to possibly still score a touchdown or get an important first down? It was crazy to me. He was out there Superman and all over the field. I was like, yo, what is this? Yeah, this is a, he was looking like Russell Wilson. And there's a reason why folks are saying Russell Wilson might get traded. Not happening with Pat Mahomes. But I will shout, okay, I have to give flowers where flowers need to be given. So I'm going to give flowers to Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. I'm sure Todd Bowles must have showed the first quarter of the first time these two teams played back in November. I'm sure he showed that first quarter and make, put it on replay for the entire defensive unit to watch. Giving up 203 yards in the first quarter to Tyreek Hill, I'm pretty sure he, and they probably plastered across the locker room never again because they ran cover two and they prevented that big play from coming and challenged and dared the Chiefs to beat them through the air, which posed this question, which posed this, this thought to me. Abe, if they got the if they got everything over the top covered, and we know, okay, you can get the short plays to a Travis Kelsey, maybe out to your your running backs in the flats. They weren't putting anybody in the box. Don't get me wrong, that Buccaneers front four, yeah, they're cool, but uh, why not just run the ball with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which they started to do at the start of the second half, and then got away from it. Yeah. Um. I was I was curious about the play calling, but I also have to to give flowers to that front four. Um, Pierre Paul, mind you, wow. Pierre Paul, who the blew vet. up his fingers, <laughs> blew them things off. Yeah, like hold on, he is a vet. He is a former Super Bowl champion. Bro, he beat Brady. Yeah, on, yeah. on those Giants teams, he was on those Giants teams that beat Brady. He is a yeah, he's a, but he also played a hell of a game. And you know who definitely played a hell of a game? Um, Shaq Barrett. Bro, he yeah, was, he came to play. He came to play. Like, 
you know, that's why it, it they didn't need to blitz as much because they were always just disrupting everything. That's true. Because they there tr- was, they blitz, I think it's 80% of their plays, they normally blitz. They flipped that around and instead were in cover to 80% of the plays and let the linebackers in front four do the talking. And and talk they did. Talk they did. You know, the crazy thing to me was it would be third and eight for Kansas City. You see the Bucks defense, they got four deep. They were not playing games. I'm thinking like, okay, they got four deep. This should open it. Like Mahomes, you have weapons. This should open it up for you guys plenty, and it just wasn't happening. Mind you, that first drive, McCole Hardman, there was two times where it could have been a breakaway touchdown to start off that game. True. Two times. True. And and I don't know whether it was just they weren't on the same page or uh, some jitters. I don't know because they were right there. You know, McCall is is their second speedster. Like, yes, everybody knows uh, Hill. Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, yep. But Hardman was seen as like, yo, this is their other home run threat. This this lanky, this very fast guy to go over top. That's a dangerous weapon. I mean, you look at most of his touchdowns from this past season, it's off of big plays, 65-yard touchdowns, stuff like that. So that first, he had two looks where, if he was a foot quicker, or maybe if Mahomes dropped it a second sooner, we would have been like Chiefs touchdown, seven zip, real quick, took less than 60 seconds to start off the game. Yeah, the 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 Chiefs, you could see the life go out of the Chiefs, I think in the second quarter, like we mentioned earlier. The refereeing, the officiating in that first half was atrocious. That, I think, was the the Chiefs had a Super Bowl record for yards lost on penalties in the first half. A Super Bowl record. And two of those plays that were called, one was what should have been an interception by Tyron Matthau, and they called, what was it? I think it was a a holding penalty on a pass that Mike Evans was not even going to get to. And the same thing happened uh, a few plays later because Chiefs get that interception. They're only down three. I think it was three nine at that point or three ten yeah. at that point. Yeah. So that's one momentum swinger. Then the next, the the next uh, incident there. I think it's third and long, and there's a, a bogus pass interference call. I mean bogus. And what happens next play down? Antonio Brown gets a touchdown. Mm. Shout out to Antonio Brown for getting a touchdown though in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Was that the same one where it was uh, – uh, there was also the other one where after putting up a goal line stand. Yeah. You know, they had put up yeah. a goal line stand earlier. Yeah. But it was now fourth and, fourth and five, kick a field goal. All of a sudden, neutral zone infraction. And they're like, we don't – even when they replayed, they were like, I mean, it could be him. It could – like, it's unclear. But now they got a first down, and I think they would later score. And it's just like, from just up until the fourth quarter, 14 of those Tampa Bay points were just off of plays getting extended off of penalties. Yeah, drives getting that's extended off of penalties. And, and it was just like... That's, that's a backbreaker for a team like the Chiefs. We know what the Chiefs are capable of. Explosive. It, down, what was that, 20... 20 not 20 I think it was 21 to 3 against the Texans mm-hmm. last year in the playoffs and just erupted for 30 oh, yeah. some unanswered points right we know what oh, they're yeah. capable of 
And it just seemed like after that first half and then that drive to start the second half, like all the wind was taken out of their sails. Oh, and then Pat Mahomes getting hurt. He re-injured that uh, already hurt toe that he's going to have to have surgery on now. And you got him running for his life. It was a gutsy effort by him. I think also something to, to possibly attribute when you look at play calling, we mentioned it last week, there was the car accident that Andy Reid's son, Britt Reid, was involved in. And uh, one of the uh, injured in that car accident was someone in another car, a five-year-old girl who uh, it was critically injured. As a result now, uh, it came out, I guess the Britt Reid had had a couple drinks in his system as well. Uh, when that accident took place, you, I mean, you hate to see it. He's now been released and is no longer part of the Chiefs organization. I can't help but think that that possibly weighed on Andy Reid's mind as well. Uh, that happens, what, two days before the Super Bowl? So all those things combined. But the bottom line is this. The Buccaneers win. I'm hearing talk from players and the Buccaneers who are saying that they are probably going to run it back. And by run it back, they mean they think they're going to repeat. I'll be honest. I don't see it. Uh, I mean. I don't see it, but like I'm also not gonna just dismiss it. I'm tired of betting against Brady. True, you know, true. I've done it. But I'll say this as well. Like, okay, I'm tired of hearing that argument of who's better, Brady or Belichick, or who's the one who made who, Brady or Belichick. I feel like Belichick made Brady, and here's why: because the offense and the setup of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is identical to a New England Patriots team running those two tight end sets, a team that is strong defensively, that is one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, that Those are the hallmarks of a Tom Brady winning team. Uh, well, uh, really, a Bill Belichick winning team. So, yeah, yeah, yeah d- d- uh, Bruce Arians took the Bill Belichick blueprint to make sure he adjusted everything to fit for Brady. Yeah, and, and I agree with you on that. And it's actually why... Um... I can't see them not try to run it back. I mean, there's question marks within their division. Let's let's be real. They started off the season seven and five. They were seven looking, and five, bro. Yeah, they were looking mighty like <laughs> mortal. They were looking like and, the, like the eleven wins that a lot of us were claiming they were going to get the the nine or uh, ten or eleven wins that we thought they would yeah. be get. So they took that embarrassing L to Kansas City. And then um I forget if that was the last one because they took a trio of losses, the Rams included. But if they had faced uh, Kansas City last, if I remember correctly, they took their last out of Kansas City and they didn't look back since. Yeah, that's and true. And get a rematch in the Super Bowl. And it, it goes completely different. Like you know when uh when uh old boy for Tampa Bay, the rook, he got hit with a uh, um, taunting like, oh, yeah, I'm Winfield not upset Jr. with Winfield it. Jr., yeah. yeah, I'm not upset with what he did because I mean, it's just yo. At this point, the game is decided. You you definitely let your actions speak for you in terms of getting your revenge. So you know you had a little extra flavor on it. I'm not upset with it. I'm not upset with it. At the end of the day, it's like Chiefs. Y'all have the talent to to have avoided this. I don't know what happened. Like, the defense just couldn't stop a nosebleed. Shout out to Leonard Fournette. Can you imagine? Just look at the people who have won a Super Bowl off of this right now. Leonard Fournette got his Super Bowl. Yeah. Antonio Brown got his Super Bowl. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy got his Super Bowl. Bro. 
<laughs> Gronk you know and what? Brady get another one. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? Tom Brady, Tom Brady teams specialize in getting Super Bowl wins using castaway players. Players that folks have basically written off. Leonard Fournette, we saw the whole thing he went through with the Jags, and now he's with the, the Buccaneers. And it, in some people's minds, it was a splash pickup. In other people's minds, it was a, uh, we'll see. Antonio Brown, we already know what's up there. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy, uh, yeah, we already know what's up there. To see these guys get their ring, like I, that's cool. I like, I like those stories. I like those narratives. Those are cool. I, do I believe that they'll run it back? I, their division, they can win that easily. There's a lot of questions of the Panthers. Uh, hopefully, run CMC can stay healthy. The Saints are uh, the Saints. The Jameis Winston. I'm glad they're committed to Jameis Winston as their quarterback of the future. Uh, to some degree, I, I want to see what he can do now that he can actually see. Uh, who else is in that division? Well, have do we know what the Panthers quarterback situation is going is going to we, be moving forward? We don't even know. That's that's yeah. another big question mark. All we know is that the ball's going to be in Christian McCaffrey's hands a lot. That's that's all we know. Oh, the Falcons. Oh, that's the yeah. other team. The Falcons. The Falcons. Oh. Okay. Actually, you know what? Pause real quick though. I think the Falcons can be the dark horse to upset some things in that division. They just need a they need a quarterback. Matt Ryan we- has. But we always say that. We always it say is that. True. Last, ever since the Super Bowl, that since that embarrassing again, all all roads lead back to Brady. <laughs> all roads lead back to Brady. Uh, yeah, he's he's he is the what, what what movie was that? Captain America, where they um that where him and uh Black Widow they they find the the Hydra base underground and oh, yeah, they're, they're the told all lo- yeah all all roads lead to Hydra. Like that's that's what it is with Tom Brady. No matter how you trace it back, picture this. Tom Brady's been in the league 20 years and has been to 10 Super Bowls. That means he goes to a Super Bowl every other season. What? Mm. Th- yeah, that's that's greatness personified. Um, so there's a lot of questions going into this, this NFL offseason. Definitely interested to see what the draft produces. There's there's There are a lot of uh, rumors being flung around about quarterbacks, poor quarterback All movement. Eyes, this is going to be one of the most important off seasons in recent memory, I believe. Oh, this is going to swing the back because I don't see teams building. Think about it. Teams normally, especially in uh, well, yeah, teams normally build to beat a particular team. I don't think teams are building to beat Brady and the Bucks. I think teams are going to be building to to win because. The landscape outside of strong divisions like the NFC West, uh, everything else is pretty open, pretty wide open. It, it's anybody's ball game. The 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 balance of power in the NFC North, it's going to be a dogfight. I think between the Packers and the the Vikings, unless unless the rumors are true, and there's going to be that trade that I'm hearing between the Eagles and the Bears swapping Trubisky for Wentz. We'll see. Or, or uh, um, yeah, or Wentz Foles? for Foles. I'm sorry, Wentz for Foles. Yeah, Wentz for Foles because they want Foles back. And Trubisky's going to be back <laughs> on that bench. Like, what? Like, there is so I'm, – I'm hearing Matt Ryan going to uh, potentially to, like, the, the Patriots. Like, it's crazy out here in these streets right now. This is going to be a great offseason. If you guys want to hear more, holla at the folks over at Cover Zero. They're working on mock drafts. They're working they're on their, their trade proposal. Like, they are cooking 
right now. So stay tuned to what's going on over at Cover Zero because we can't cover enough. Uh, that being said, let, let's 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 fly on over to the good old association, the NBA, uh, for a little bit of controversy. A little bit of controversy, it, and it didn't. It you know it's weird, Abe. You know there's controversy, and then there's like, oh that that happened. Oh, I don't know if I'm necessarily mad at that. So news came out this week that for the first 13 home games of the season, that the Dallas Mavericks have not been playing the national anthem uh, during games on orders from Mark Cuban. Now, here's the thing. I, you, I've said it before. One of the greatest landmines and battlefields ever is the comment section on any app, any website, or any social media. What we heard... Uh, you agree? You agree, little boy? Okay. What I saw in the comment section. Hey, oh, um, so he's ready. He's ready for for his his co host debut. What I saw in the comment sections regarding this was out of control. But here, here's here here's the thing. If y'all didn't notice for 13 games, and it took the athletic noticing or Bleacher Report noticing and saying something about it, I don't know why you're upset. Nobody, literally nobody noticed, Abe, for the first 13 games of the season. You honestly don't really have a right to be upset if you didn't even notice. It's not like he was sneaky about it. If if you know who another person who was doing stuff unnoticed until people finally decided to make a big deal out of it, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. But hey, hey. Ah, <laughs> hey. uh, yikes. Look, um, we we've Mark Cuban has a history of putting his money where his mouth is. Like he he's not a person who just like talks a big game. He actually will get into the trenches. You know, um, most recent example of seeing what he's been doing for Delonte West and being such a big supporter of him, and it's well, so dope because Delonte's doing well. He's doing well. <laughs> like I'm glad for that. And then Cuban's always been vocal. Like he's a man of the people. So for him doing this. It didn't catch me off guard at all when I saw it. I was just like, dog, I haven't watched the Mavs home game, so I wouldn't have realized it. But that's real. And then you saw Stan Van Gundy's comments, which is, you know, I understand that they that this is a, a sensitive subject for a amount of people, and I'm not here to offend or disrespect or to dismiss um, your own belief systems and, and whatnot. But I agree with Stan Van Gundy. You know, we don't play the national anthem uh, before school. We don't play when we start our day at work. Uh, why are we making such a big deal out of something that gets played before every home game for sports where a majority of people aren't even paying attention to it? You know, you can say like, oh, when I'm at the games, I do it. Like, yeah, and you can also notice how half the stadium is probably going to buy beer or on their phones or just talking like you know it's not as as uh it's not as sacred a moment as people make it out to be yeah that's i mean that's that's really what it is where was the outrage when they took the pledge of allegiance out of uh out of schools (laughs) like there was no outrage for that but all of a sudden national anthem when it comes to sports and we got all these complaints so just you know for me shout out to mark cuban it's crazy how Finally, the NBA was like, "Yeah, we're gonna, you're gonna be fine." Look, Mark Cuban got deep pockets. He he won't he won't care. He won't care. Deep pockets, and we here. People have their sacred cows, 
And I feel like we're in an era in history, world history, U.S. history, where people are looking back at their sacred cows and determining whether or not they deserve to live or whether or not they deserve to be a prime rib on the table and we need to move on. So however you feel about this sacred cow of the national anthem before a sporting event, like I said at the top of this, if you didn't notice for those first 13 games as a Mavs fan and a Dallas resident, so on and so forth, I don't really feel like you, I don't know if you really have a right to be angry about it. You like you, if it means that much to you, it should not have been something that went unnoticed like that. So we, I think it's, yes, it continues to be a debate, this whole thing over the, the, the national anthem, as it continues to be a debate. I think when we, we look back at the founding of this country and we look at the Constitution, protest and disagreement are a part, are built into this nation. We don't disrespect each other because we disagree. Oh, that was good. Two snaps. We don't, we don't need to dis, disrespect because we disagree, um, but we do need to be able to come to the table as, okay, citizens of this country. Because citizenship, if we are all citizens of this country, if I mean, in fact, you're a citizen of this country, um, then we, we have an interest in this country's success. So come to the table and have the conversation and hear what other people are saying. Don't just dismiss people, you know, as, as being a part of this camp or being this kind of person because of their stance on something like the national anthem. Okay. I've said enough. With that being said, though, we're going to stay a little, we're going to hang on the controversy side of things just a little bit more. Um, Utah, the great state of Utah, we have uh, had some comments on this program about Utah, most notably last season. There was the incident, or was that two seasons ago, the incident with Russell Westbrook? It was two seasons ago. The incident with Russell yeah. Westbrook and a fan yeah. at, a, at a Utah Jazz game. Then Kyle Korver brought together a group of uh, Utah Jazz players and had a conversation with them. And shout out to Kyle Korver for using his, uh, his, his status as a white male, okay, to help further the conversation, for being an ally in that conversation. And so it came out that a lot of the behavior that goes on from, from Jazz fans towards not just Utah Jazz play, not just um, opposing teams, but even Utah Jazz players quite reprehensible. With that being said, though, news came out this week, a school district in Utah that is allowing students to opt out of learning about Black history during Black History Month. Abe, what were your initial thoughts when you heard this? I was like, come on, Utah. Don't, don't, don't be embarrassing yourselves like this. Come on, Utah. Y'all don't have to live up to the stereotype. Y'all really don't. Y'all really don't. Like, to me... I don't know how you can say this isn't an act of ignorance. I don't know how you can explain it away. Be like, you know, uh, this is helpful to students. No, like schools already, when it comes to black history, do, uh, a, in my opinion, a piss poor job of capturing um, black history. They, they stick with the, the uh, romanticized versions of events. They like to gloss over the nitty gritty. And they just like to only focus on the name brands. They don't actually like to do a deep dive into what exactly black history is. Black history is not just the slave trade and uh, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. There's so, so, so much more to black history than that. There's a lot of beautiful accomplishments that don't get talked about. 
there's a lot of things that today that we use because a black man or a black woman had the idea or they made the filament that would go on to lead to a bigger project. We don't talk about them enough at all. We don't highlight that. We just like to highlight the same recycled nonsense over and over again. And it's just like, you know, Utah basically saying like, hey, let's do it one step further. Let's just not offer it to students who don't want it. We'll leave that up to discussion of the parents. It's just, why? What's the point of that? Black history is an integral part of American history. Period. It is an integral part. So to, yes, it's, it's I, I think it's, and that's, that's, I think, another conversation. Sad that we have to even have a Black History Month, and it is the shortest month. And like you said, Abe, it's a lot of the name brand stuff that's put out there and not really a deep dive into maybe the, the events and the atmospheres and the systems and structures in this country that necessitated some of these individuals to speak up in the way that they did. For example, Martin Luther King Jr., who, as, as, as much as he is romanticized and idolized, and really, let's be honest, it's really just the Martin Luther King Jr. who gave the I Have a Dream speech. That's, that is the picture that everyone has of Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr., by the time he was assassinated, was the most hated man in America. Polls, in terms of popularity polls, was the most hated man in America. So let's, let's stop with this narrative that King uh, was, what I don't like hearing, let, let me rephrase that. What I don't like hearing is when people say today as the continued conversation about race and systemic structures and systemic racism is ongoing and people throw out the argument, well, if you guys were just more like King and do what King did, things would be different. If you really research what King did, King was not a liked man for his point, his views, because his views weren't just about race. It was also about poverty, also about war. So he, he the things that he said and did touched every aspect of, uh, of, of life here in this country. And the things that, uh, the, I would say, the fingers that Black history touches in this country touch every corner of life in this country, from the medical field to sports to politics to education to science, it touches every aspect of this country, media. So to hear that this is even an option, I think it's sad. As a matter of fact, I think it, it contributes not just to the ignorance, but also to the trauma that uh, those who will partake, those who will opt out of learning about Black history in this district, this, this district we just mentioned during Black History Month are traumatizing themselves. Because they're going to go out into a world that if the, if the world they step into is not homogenous, doesn't look like them, and they get a real dose of reality of how the real world looks, it's going to be unfortunate because what they're going to say is, I never knew, or why didn't anybody tell me? Why didn't anybody tell you? Because you had the opportunity to opt out of learning. Think of, imagine having to opt out of learning about history. What, is this, what does the old saying go? Those who, uh, who, who don't pay attention to history are, are bound to repeat it are fated to repeat mm -hmm. it, destined to repeat it. Like yep. this is, that's yep. what we're setting ourselves up for uh, with, with this possibility. And if this is something that catches fire and, and spread and, you know, spreads across uh, the country and in different districts and states and cities, I, I think it's sad. It, it is legitimately sad. The fact that we are giving young people the opportunity to opt out of learning.
learning about the history of this country. This country is not just the American Revolution, the Civil War, the Industrial Revolution, the World Wars, the Civil Rights Movement, and then where we are today. The, the in-betweens in all of those, there is a, a distinct fingerprint of Black history on there. And if it's Black history, it is also American history as well. We still got a ways to go. We still got a ways to go, for sure. There's no denying where we stand that in this country. Um, and we just continue to pray and continue to move forward and hope that uh, such ignorance doesn't become more common, doesn't continue to spread, that people combat the ignorance using their intellect, using their creative minds, you know, preferably not using violence, please. Um, please. But just Por using... <laughs> please. But uh, definitely using our, our voices, letting our, our minds be heard, our um, our actions just be, be enough. Um, so, while annoying, you know, yeah, we move. I, I, I'm hopeful, though, because I, I'll say this, Abe. Imagine if this is something that had just flown under the radar and nobody knew about this. No, nobody knew, and I'm sure there there are there are school districts across the country, and maybe uh, yeah, school districts across the country where this is actually a thing and has maybe already been a thing, but nobody talks about it, or maybe it's not even a part of any sort of curriculum or reading for the entire school year, not even Black History Month uh, included. So the fact that this is something that's come to the surface is once again an opportunity for people to come to the table, come to the table in this country and have the conversation and be able to say because. I haven't now. I haven't met anyone yet. It's been a week. I don't know anyone personally who sees this decision by the school district as a good idea. I wouldn't mind meeting someone who sees it as a good idea because I want. I personally want to know why do you see this as a good idea? Because we we cannot continue to traumatize ourselves because of ignorance. The things the things in this life, whether it is history, whether it is. Um, faith, whatever it is that we, um, that we romanticize, we are bound to idolize. And if we are bound to, um, to idolize those things, we are bound to miss the truth. So we can't, we can't romanticize. We have to be critical. We have to criticize. We have to look at history with a critical lens and be honest with ourselves about where uh, this country, great as it may be, land of opportunity, you know, the whole nine systemically at its core has some real issues. We have to be able to admit those things and say those things and not romanticize because when we don't do that, we begin to idolize. And when you idolize anything that is in opposition to that thing that you've propped up, you will now become defensive and you will attack. So I'm sure there are people who are looking at this country and look at now, no, I have met people who look at this country and look at Black history and some of the statements that are made about Black history, and some of the truths that are told about Black history. Let's let's be honest. Millions of Black bodies brought over from the African continent, not just to this country, but to the West Indies as well. And as a result, you have millions more who their family history and family tree stops at a slave or starts at a slave, they have no connection to the continent that they were forcibly brought over from. 
But you bring that up to some people and they'll say, yeah, but we've moved past that. That was a long time ago. That like that, that's, we don't even need to look at that and get defensive when you bring this up. No, history requires that you look at it through a critical lens, be honest about it and say, how can we as a people make sure we don't put ourselves in position to repeat? Now it's not, I'm not saying it's exactly going to be shadow slavery, but the trauma the abuse, the, the lack of humanity and dignity shown to, to other human beings. Those are things that we can certainly repeat. And it has been on display, especially over the past year in this country, if we do not pay attention to the sins and the crimes of the past that we've committed against one another. You know, I just don't want to make it seem too somber, too somber. Um... I did want to change it up a little bit and uh, ask do that, some do that. very, yeah, very important questions. So recently on the TL, the Twitterverse that you don't frequent, um, shout out to the homies at uh, uh, Worst Gen Podcast. Shout out to GB. Uh, there was a question asked, you know, when we were in our youth, uh, where would you rank these three shows, these three anime shows? Ah, uh, yes. Did you? <laughs> Digimon, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh. What's here's the rank? interest. Here's the interesting thing. I remember when each of those shows dropped. I used to wake up extra early before I went to school to make my bowl of oatmeal and watch Pokemon so I could learn the Poke Rap. I used to. I had my collection of Pokemon cards. They ended up in the trash somehow. Don't ask. Nigerian parents. I remember when Yu-Gi-Oh! dropped. I used to wake up early on Saturday mornings. That was a part of the Saturday morning lineup along with, I think Digimon came on before Yu-Gi-Oh! So I was channel flipping, but there was always a couple big bowls of cereal. If I had to rate them, I would go Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh! In that order. All right, the show's over, guys. We're done. I know you got Yu-Gi-Oh at the top of the deck. It's it's you see what I did there? Yu-Gi-Oh at the top of the deck. Um oh, come on, man. Come on. Come on. It's it's okay. It's okay. You really put Yu-Gi-Oh lost. You know what frustrates me? You know what frustrates me about Yu-Gi-Oh? When when Yu-Gi-Oh would when Yu-Gi would tap into what whatever the guy and the, the, the thing Yami. Yami, yeah. When you would, would tap into Yami. It is also the same voice that we hear Christian Bale use when he is the Batman. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't see the Dark Knight every time. Kaiba! I can't see it. I, I can't. I'm good. <laughs> nah, look, 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 look. So it was a fierce debate because my ranking is Yu-Gi-Oh! Digimon. Digimon. Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, Digimon is always is the number two. It, it, it is yeah. the number two. Because it was so dope and it like it just you know it just lacks something. But objectively speaking, when you it when you break down in the category Yeah, it did. When when you speak about um when you break it into categories, like in terms of overall impact, Pokemon's number one. I mean look, it's twenty twenty one and people are still thinking about the newest Pokemon game that's out. People are still playing Pokemon. Uh, it's like Nintendo's mainstay. You don't, you can't. It's it would be abnormal to own a Nintendo product and not have a Pokemon game associated with. Yeah, it. you don't have a Pokemon cartridge. You you messing up, bro. Yeah, I mean, I still got a Game Boy Advance with Pokemon Come on. Ruby. 
Come on, bro. Tell the people. Let them know. <laughs> like, like, look. And and keep in mind, for me, personally, Pokemon is third out of the three. But I still enjoyed it because when it came to the video games, Pokemon was untouched. Untouched. Video See, games that's the thing. I played the video games. I, I did the whole cards thing. I never got into Yu-Gi-Oh! like in real life. The cards, all of that stuff. It was okay. just the show for See, me. For me, I I got into Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, uh, cards a lot. I mean, look, I'm biased. One of my first ever girlfriends was was through Yu-Gi-Oh. You know, I I would was into it. Met this this little homie. I was a young young thing. You know, met this little homie. We was cool. His older sister, like she was around my age. I was older than little homie. Older sister, she would hang out a lot. You know, I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh with the homie. One thing leads to another. Boom! I'm dating the sister. You know. So shout out to Yu-Gi-Oh for 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 wow. childhood love, you know. Shout out to you, Gio, for that. Y'all, y'all did that thing. So I have a, I have a special place in my heart for you, Gio. The show and the cards. <laughs> wow! Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> and we out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Olsen 8 podcast. We had some fun. We had some laughs. We also had some, you know, thoughtful conversations, thoughtful uh, uh, tidbits to really ponder on um, in this day and age. But nonetheless, we move. And so, you know the vibes. You know where to reach us. You can always email us at osa.abepodcast at gmail.com questions concerns you want to be a guest etc etc you know hit us up on there you can always find me on twitter at prince underscore a l a w a l you can find the homie also on ig i'm not gonna give it out just yet because today's valentine's day and um i'm not trying to have people hitting his dms up feel me as well as make sure you visit the ssaw website at tssaw.com we have dope articles shout out to brian shout out to osahan shout out to jordan robertson and just our plethora of of peers and fellow co-hosts for really making the website pop with articles so uh definitely check that out Anyway, you know the vibes. One phrase, two words, get it in your head. Omo Naija. <laughs> <laughs>